up, bro? How's it going? That was good. That's a good opening. Intro done. Intro <laughs> in and out, baby. Quick Box interest here checked. on Media Majors. Eight in and out. Media Majors, a storytelling podcast about major media. Yeah, I ate two double burgers. We've got like 20 minutes before I straight up fall asleep. All right. We're all, we are on a time. I'll be sure to talk really fast. Media Majors is a storytelling podcast uh, about major media from two people. <laughs> Liam Sr., Tom Lockney. I'm Tom Lockney. I like to talk about the internet and video games. I'm Liam Sr. and side effects include kidney failure, kidney pain, and kidney disease. Mm. I punch your kidneys. <laughs> oh, no. And I talk about movies and TV. The kidney punching of industries. Ah, oh, shoot. I really liked peeing, too. <laughs> nope, not anymore. Now you hate <laughs> it. Now you dread it. Um. All right. And uh, so, I think we've kind of thrown the theme thing out recently. But we don't have time for themes. We don't have time for themes. We're two busy adults. You're first. Yeah. <laughs> We're jumping in. You go now. All right. This, one's, this one is... Uh, there are stories that become legends, and there are legends that transcend time. And this is one of those tales. Mr. Velveteer is an American sitcom <laughs> that originally aired on ABC from March 15th, 1985 to okay. July 8th, 1990. The series is based on Lynn Alizia's... Uh, man, I don't realize... Uh, Alu, Aloysius? Aloysius! Oh, that's how you spell Aloysius. Oh! learning a lot lynn aloysius belvedere character created by gwen davenport names man all great uh for her 1947 novel belvedere uh it's sitcom stars christopher hewitt in the title role who takes a job as a butler with an american family and it's where a lot of the butler and a sitcom tropes come from now there's a behind the scenes story that's so juicy so downright scandalous so incredibly taught with tension and drama that multiple people have taken credit for the story and it's become a legend larger than itself first it was adam sandler who would tell the story to a fellow snl cast member jay moore who then wrote the story in his book but gave Adam Sandler credit for it. Mm. Uh, both of these people are kind of the worst, and I don't <laughs> yeah. like them. Jay Moore then has Doug Benson on his podcast. Doug Benson says that Sandler wasn't even in the room when the story was told. You see, Doug Benson was living with a guy named Rob Stone. Rob Stone was one of the actors in Mr. Belvedere. He played Kevin one of the older sons. Oh, it sounds like we're really playing a game of sort of like celebrity telephone here. You see, Benson came home one day uh -huh. to find his roommate still at home. Oh, okay. What are you doing here, he asked. I thought you had work. And Rob Stone had told him what happened and said that because of the incident, production was shut down for two days. Uh, da, 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 uh, no, 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 I will tell you. teasing me. Uh, this story was later confirmed by an executive producer of the show, so it is very real. Oh, wow, okay. So one day during a table read, Christopher Hewitt, who plays Mr. Belvedere, came in all chipper wearing a matching monogrammed velour tracksuit. Okay. He did a big grand hello, sat down, and immediately screamed in pain. You see? Oh, God. One of his testicles had tucked under oh, his thigh. No! And Mr. Belvedere no, no, sat on his no, balls. No, no, Production no. was shut down for two whole week, uh, two whole days. I gotta get out of this room. And that's oh. the story about how Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls. Uh, have you, you? I mean, we've both done that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a rite of passage. It sure. It surely is. Ah, oh, low-hanging fruit, <laughs> destined to bruise. Rim shot. Be back after Ab for another show in the network, and then I'm gonna tell another wild story. 
People ask me, why should I listen to your podcast? Because there's like 10 million X-Files podcasts in there. I say, one, we give great commentary. Because all those other X-Files podcasts, they're just like fucking masturbating over Chris Carter's creation. Yeah. Number two, we will make you come. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well. We're- We'll hit a button sooner or later. Yeah, we. you know what? We're going to cover so many fucking hot topics, and one of them, someday, going to be yours. Gonna and be you yours. might not even know it. You'll be sitting there listening, you'll be like, oh, damn. I completed, and I didn't even know that was my thing. Five stars. <laughs> Review, please. Catch the Double X-Files Tuesdays at noon on your favorite podcast app. Baby, we'll treat you so right. And we're back. The year's 1988. We're officially past the video game crash and subsequent revival. And Disney decides to throw themselves in the game, founding Walt Disney Computer Software WDCS. Is WDCS around anymore? And, uh, yeah, it gets rebranded like a million fucking times. I just, I just, I, I have a feeling, well, I have a feeling we'll be talking about some of the Disney platforming games, and if we're not, I would just like to say, apparently those games fucking own bones. Actually, well, it, it, I, I, we'll get to that shortly. Dope. Uh, WDCS was a gaming unit that relied on both in-house development and third parties to create titles for them. Most of these are pretty terrible. They really struggle to make an impact, uh, which is both surprising and not, because I think uh, a big a big theme here is that Disney did not understand how to like adapt properties from like oh the, and not just like adapting a story that is a movie or a TV show into a game, but to adapt specifically like what do we do with Mickey Mouse because. Mickey Mouse's thing isn't that he jumps, but we're going to make a platforming game with Mickey Mouse. Um, Jump Mouse. There are a couple that do well. I thought about, like, listing the games from the 80s to the 2000s, but there are, like, so fucking many and not well-received enough to be remembered aside from things like DuckTales or Aladdin. Those and, are the two that I was thinking about. And even, like, Lion King, because um, there were, like, one of the Aladdin ports is... Uh, known as the better one, I believe it's the Genesis one. Yeah, um, and but that the Super Nintendo one is still supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, and wh- whereas and like the Lion King was another instance where like the Genesis one was really good, but the other the Super Nintendo version was just like fucking trash front to back. That's what I heard. Um, there are a few others, but point being that most of Disney's gaming output is not great, and some of the good stuff like Ducktales is third party. Ducktales was Capcom. Yeah. Also, well, that explains why all the music's dope. Uh, they're also all kind of like not full on Metroidvania games, but they're like these weird platformy. It's just very yeah, strange to, not, to see these. Like Metroid in that, in like the continuous, wor- like one big world that is interconnected. But you're right, like the levels where you go back with other abilities. Like, I don't know what that would be. It's like, it's, it's like Softvania. Softvania soft va- soft is not terrible. Um,. Or like Platmania, so like Plat is more yeah. emphasis on platforming. Yeah, I don't know what you would. I don't know if there's like a level of also genre in video games are fucking impossible. Action Truth. adventure. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. 
I couldn't track down any quotes, but the failure, uh, particularly on the part of the in-house games, was chalked up to an executive inability to understand the differences between movies and games. Uh, especially during this time where lots of these games, given the IPs that were based on, were marketed towards kids. So a lot of them were console-friendly platformers, which I love, but, like, are not, to my eye, platformers are, like, kind of difficult to tell a straightforward story in a yeah. way that a child would, like, really be able to internalize it. Like, Metroid has a lot of, like, subtle stuff. Like, when you walk past another bounty hunter, um and the bugs all fly off of its body like that is something that you and i as adults can understand given context clues of like the world and things like that but i don't yeah. think for a kid that would be like inherently obvious which is weird because eight-year-olds love solaire i've yeah. been playing dark souls so get ready for those references um and also also because like platformers were the like genre du jour for for a very long time kids in that era so like they were pretty shoehorned into how they could tell stories. Uh, so I think that that was part of the reason why they suffered. So you have a square peg grand hole scenario where these uh, very rich properties are being pushed onto tech that, while a huge boon to the industry, aren't very good for crafting adaptions to full complexity. Uh, basically, Disney picked the right time to get into games, but had the wrong source pool to pull from for this particular era. They get spooked, and in 94, they rebrand as Disney Interactive. Mm. In 97, they cut 20% of their staff when they fully end in-house development and publishing. They are now entirely production and working with third parties. Uh -huh. This helps mitigate some of the business risks involved with game development because they're now the ones being approached by studios interested in purchasing a license to a property. Uh, but Disney still struggles to find direction. So, like, they're not they're not necessarily in charge of, like, the costs of development or publishing, but, you know, uh, like, a 2D platforming studio with some clout wants to make, like, a fun Donald Duck game or, like, a DuckTales sequel or something like that, then they would have to pay Disney money to, to for the assets and the rights. To, or not for the assets, but for the rights to the property. I want to make my Winnie the Pooh JRPG. <laughs> I need to make my Winnie the Pooh dating sim. <laughs> uh, my Winnie the Pooh JRPG is a uh, uh, well, I guess it's more of a Western JRPG because it is a uh, it is essentially a From game where you play as Pooh, uh, you collect honey pots instead of mm. souls, and you go around killing the other members of the Thousand Acre Woods. And that's <laughs> right, it's not the Hundred, it's a Thousand. This isn't your dad's Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Just kidding. This is your dad's Winnie the Pooh. This is a copy of your dad's Winnie the Pooh. Game. I cannot wait to pick up Christopher Robin's stick and find out about how he just sort of gave up one day yeah. and just left. Uh, you fight Piglet, but he holds a sword in his mouth. There's no reason. Like, he can very easily carry <laughs> yeah, a sword. He's still He's just aping Kugusif for no reason. Um, Disney still struggles with to find direction with this, probably because everybody. Because, like, again, like, kids are like, oh, I want to get the Disney game. But because it's third parties licensing it out, there's, like, radically different ideas of how to approach separate properties. So it doesn't have, like, a unified vision. I've been, uh, like, in the reading about the news too much because I truly thought you were going to say, like, but there's been, like, radical Islam in all of these oh, Disney no. games. So they've been having a lot of problems. <laughs> Uh, though this nets them revenue, they reassess in 2002, coming to the conclusion that they must either once again restructure or exit from the video game industry entirely. This results in the creation of Buena Vista games, best known oh. for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. 
Disney Interactive remains, but Buena Vista is clearly the hot ticket as of this time. Disney Interactive is in charge of making the kids' games, whereas Buena Vista is making, like... JRPGs. More, yeah, more adult, like, teen-oriented <laughs> games. More mature. Gorsh, Sora. Ansem was actually the evil person all along, and you had a nobody inside you. Oh, boy. I nailed that, Goofy. Where does the soul exist? Where does inside the... your heart, Sora. <laughs> They do uh, so well, Buena Vista, that they decide to start acquiring studios. Uh, I should say also, I don't think that this is like, ah, we're doing good. We now have the money to expand. Because, like, let's be real. Disney's always had the money for this. Um, Disney is a small bootstraps company, Tom. <laughs> they only have six theme picking parks. Up, Calm down. up 70% of all intellectual property by their big, big bootstraps. They put a bootstrap I read a, on a bucket. I read a great review. I apologize. Uh, I don't remember where I read this, uh, so please look for the original source. But someone talked about how uh, Disney snapped and owned half of the properties that existed, uh, and that was like their plan all along. And that is that was that. Um, I'm blanking on the name. At barely concealed on Twitter wrote for unwinnable about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a failure. I believe was the headline. Maybe I don't think that was because I saw this in like a tw- like a oh, okay. tweet that was kind of like uh, isn't this isn't this a funny observation? Mm. It's like nah, they Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> he the bad guy. Uh, spoiler alert: Rocket Raccoon has a rib removed so he can suck his own dick. Uh, but yeah, basically this is just proof positive for them that video games are a route worth exploring. Still though, Disney cannot quite seem to figure out what to do. And they rebrand once again as Disney Interactive Studios in 2007, uh, continuing to focus, or uh, deciding to focus on publishing. They remain inconsistent. Uh, 2010 is an interesting year for them, however. Epic Mickey releases to mixed praise. I remember this being a big deal, not only because this was like, wow, like Warren Spector is working on this game. Dude, I pulled a fucking Epic Mickey. <laughs> Can't even. What a dumb name for a game. Have I told you the on Media Majors the story about Oswald? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we both talked about Oswald. We both talked about Oswald on and how episodes. they reacquired yeah. Oswald. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They traded him for a sportscaster. That's fucking hilarious. The reason they did that is because of Sean Vanaman, Idle Thumbs, yeah, uh, yeah, Firewatch yeah. people. That's so was crazy. Was part of the like Disney Games Fellowship and was like, this would be a cool idea for a game. Wow, fucking weird. Life is weird. Uh, but yeah, basically, okay, it was it was a big deal because it was like Warren Warren Spector's working on this game, but also because it was meant to serve as another soft rebrand for Mickey, who whose more mischievous side is meant to come forward in the project. Um, and it was like kind of a like weird eh, uh, eh, like people were like eh. Uh, however, Toy Story three comes out that same year and gets big critical praise. Toy Story three developed by Avalanche Software. It is lauded partly for its story mode, but largely for the open-ended toy box mode. Toy box mode. Toy box mode becomes incredibly important in the direction that Disney eventually takes with their games, but I will put a pin in it now. I swear to God, I will come back to it. I fucking promise. Uh, Just know that it was heavy on customization, big on free roam, and somewhat recreated the experience of playing with action figures, which is like the thing that Disney exists to sell. Uh, Throughout all this, well, that, that that is a little reductive, but that is a large part of what Disney does. Uh, throughout the, all this, Disney's been having troubles since uh, just after the rebrand. Uh, or not Disney, Disney Interactive, excuse me. They've been losing $200 million a year. And once again, they're looking for a way to shift their approach. 
Uh, one uh, quick aside as well, because this comes literally just before some majorly important shit goes down for Disney. This is Star Wars related. A game known as Star Wars 1313 is announced in early 2012. It's a single-player game meant to follow a young Boba Fett developed in-house by LucasArts, and people go apeshit for this. Uh, folks love a story-driven Star Wars game. They just do. Then the year progresses, and 2012 is huge for Disney in terms of games because they purchased Lucasfilm, thereby also acquiring Lucas LucasArts. This was not motivated by games, obviously, but it was something that they were going to take advantage of. This means that uh when they do acquire lucas arts uh disney promptly lays off their a bunch of their staff and halts game development however lucas arts remains open for licensing purposes that's the quiet part loud by the way of disney's corporate takeover of every creative property who do you think <sighs> will be the the two because uh, like there's someone someone will go up against Amazon probably, right? Oh, it's going to be Disney versus Amazon? That's lame. That's the Trump versus Biden of possibilities. <laughs> both in both both in both scenarios, I'm just going to peel off my own skin with a potato peeler. Yeah, it's very AVP no matter who wins. <laughs> no matter who wins, I'm going to put a carrot in my dick. Uh, so basically all the studios involved in the product product production of content are drastically restructured to fit disney's approach to creation getting ripped apart in the process still disney lucasfilm is probably one of the most important corporate mergers at least in the creative field of the 2010s i don't think that's controversial to say i don't think so disney interactive takes charge of developing star wars titles for a casual market and cuts a licensing deal with EA to develop Star Wars games for a more hardcore audience. I, wait, but they... Oh, man. It feels like it feels like people don't realize that EA is so bad at everything that it's they touch. It's wild. I, like, I'm really trying to think of an EA game that's... Maybe... I don't play their sports titles, so maybe there's something I've to be found I've played a few of there. their sports titles. They're not great. I... I it's don't... a lot of... It's a lot of just, like, it's... Uh, I feel like people really, I feel like sports games are just not in vogue anymore because they're, they're, I mean, they sell super they, well, that's, but that's, though. that's the thing. But like, I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel, I, 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 I don't know enough about sports <laughs> games, but I just feel like they're they not... might do well, but I, it's almost to me like they're like the Christian cinema they video don't... games. They're always going to do fine. They don't dominate the the conversation, I don't think. Yeah. Um, although that might also speak to just, like, the way that people approach sports. Because, like, Rob Zachney had a really good piece about, I think it was MLB The Show. Regardless. Uh, they th So they throw Star Wars to EA. Despite brief insurance assurances that 1313 has merely been put on hiatus, <laughs> uh, uh, the game is, like... The game's still technically on hiatus. They've said, like, ah, we might do something with it, but, like, we all know that that game's not happening. Lucas LucasArts doesn't have a fucking development team. Like, what? come on. Uh, part of the hesitation to pursue this title may have been the result of EA quickly getting to work on another single-player Star Wars title later that same year. That's just me speculating. This unnamed single-player project was being developed by Visceral Games of Dead Space. Uh... I genuinely think that this was a great idea. I think Dead Space 2 is a really fantastic action campaign. Uh, and Amy Hennig, who wrote for the first three Uncharted games, was to head the writing. That's, I mean, like, there's there's, there's something there. 
Unfortunately, Visceral was just coming off of Dead Space 3, a critical failure, and despite being the top-selling game at the time of its release, did not meet EA's sales expectations. Also, EA is notoriously afraid of single-player experiences. They don't trust them to generate revenue. Uh, people are incredibly skeptical of this uh, Visceral title, but it is there. It's, it's in the ether. Meanwhile, Disney announces their Toy Box initiative based off of Toy Story 3, which is mm. meant to be a cross-platform experience uh -oh. to unite Disney-owned properties in an expanded, more fully realized iteration of what Avalanche had done. This manifests in Disney Infinity, developed by yeah. Avalanche. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is Disney Infinity? I mean, like, that's, it's just, it's like I've just toy so box. Much, I mean, but what, explain what that means. Like, you custom, you get, like, customizable character. I, I would almost, like. Is, like, Skylanders? It's, is that a toy Yes, box it's, it's yeah. like, Toys to Life is specific, is, like, the specific term for it. What a great boy it. band. Toys to Life? <laughs> Ugh. Toys don't cry. Toys don't, don't cry. The best Cure song. Uh, but yeah, it's it's released in uh, 2013. It's developed by Avalanche as well. Uh, and it does pretty good. People like it and people buy it. In 2014, they further solidify this as the home for all Disney properties with Disney Infinity, Marvel superheroes, and then released Disney Infinity 3.0 in 2015. And a Star Wars version is also, I believe. I remember seeing a poster that was like Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars for Disney Infinity. I, not to, not to overplay later in the story, but uh, Disney Infinity is no longer with us. I don't remember if they made it. This was like five, it. four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Disney this is, a while is no longer with us four or five years ago. Uh, about four. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of a different thing. Disney Infinity 3.0 becomes the most popular Toys to Life game, beating out both Skylanders and LEGO Dimensions, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, while this is going on, the only Star Wars content being released is expansions to Bioware's The Old Republic, though KOTOR was released in 2011, pre-Lucasfilm Disney deal. Uh, so it's not heralded as, like, the Star Wars, new Star Wars content post-merger. Uh, it also probably didn't help that The Old Republic st struggled to compete against World of Warcraft, eventually conceding towards free-to-play rather than work on a, a work based on a subscription model. It's seen as sort of a weak property, though I've heard that it, that the story stuff is, like, legitimately good. But, like, man, how many fucking MMOs took a swing at the king and missed, you know? There's only one MMO now. God. <laughs> MMO, it stands for the Father, the Son, Son. and the Holy Ghost. Uh, Massive multiplayer orgasm. <laughs> It's uh, also there's still no word on this visceral game, which is odd because it's been a few years. It's still silence. EA starts generating buzz, teasing a new Star Wars Battlefront, which is on its, its own fucking can of worms. Uh, <laughs> depending on how much money you have, it released in uh, 2015, and Jesus Christ, Wowzers. what a backlash! Holy moly! So first of all, no single player, which you know bums sure. me out, but I, it's not the end of the world. I I don't need single player and everything, even though I would like it. I would also like it. It's a multiplayer-focused game, so how's the multiplayer? Bad. Turns out, woefully underbaked. It's very clear that the game has been built around DLC. Uh, I want to make very clear, I'm not going like, ah, money-grubbing devs or money-grubbing EA. DA is not, like, inherently a shameless money-grab. Uh, DLC is a symptom of greater problems with the approach to AAA game dev and scale. However, in this case, the DLC is pretty egregious uh battlefront only releases with four maps and the rest are all dlc and there's a lot of dlc i mm -hmm. looked up online and i was like god damn there's like six packs to this 
The nail in the coffin here is that EA's chief financial officer, Blake Jorgensen, admitted <laughs> that the game was designed to pull in casual gamers, which is very casual. explicitly not what EA was asked to do. Casual. That, like, how the fuck... I don't understand how you can... I mean, like, I think that there is less of a, a gap between core and casual than, like, people think, but also have a have a unified vision either you're you're making star wars games for the hardcore audience and disney uh interactive is doing casual stuff or you just want to make more casual games in which case like just do that it's also sort of an odd choice he he explicitly says that battlefront was supposed to be made for kids i'm not really sure what's in there for children like i'm not really sure what's in there for anybody like it's just i don't know it's like god i just noticed your fucking gaming laptop has WASD in different yeah keys and i fucking hate it i hate and it, it has special colors i hate it so much uh i'm not trying to rehash battlefront shit on games for casual gamers or validate like weird dogmatic beliefs about dlc being exploited but like these are criticisms that were leveled at battlefront when it came out uh, because it was like the first big Disney Lucas Star Wars game, and it should have been huge, but it was this totally reviled thing. Also, I would just like to say that like I hate the term casual gamers. It's just like I I don't know. I just feel it's a whole gatekeepery thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angry Birds is stupid, but it's just as val as a video game as fucking Fire Emblem, which is also stupid. <laughs> There's only one good video game, and it's Dark Souls. <laughs> Sorry, I don't make the rules. I don't make it's, the rules. Yeah, it's it's true. just there. It's it's just how it is. Listen, it's Smash Brothers, bad game. But <laughs> Smash. Okay, let's list more bad video games. Every single Legend of Zelda. Every single Metal Gear. PT. Um. Uh, fucking Frogger. Metal Gear Solid Two: Guns of the Patriots. Gex. Uh, Gex Returns. Uh, Banjo Tooie. And Banjo Kazooie, yeah, but not Conker's Bad Fur Day because that's a still gold classic. You know what's funny about Conker's Bad Fur Day? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wildly not made funny. a whole game around jokes, and basically none of them. Are I was good. waiting for the jokes the whole time. Oh man. Uh, okay, so compound this with what everybody saw. Oh, also Dark Souls Remastered. Sorry, not a game. Not it's a game. only the original Dark yeah. Souls. Listen, if you don't hit, like, 15 FPS in Blighttown, you're not playing the real Dark Souls. If you're not hooking up a PS2 to an old bubble TV and somehow getting a PS3 copy of Dark Souls to work on a PS2, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't think you're playing video games. You're fucking playing Candyland. <laughs> it's all sheets and ladders to me, baby. So compound, compound Battlefront with what everybody sees as the inevitable cancellation of the Visceral Project, and you get, like, er, er, like everyone was like, what the fuck is going on with, like, Disney Star Wars video games? You also couldn't play as the... It took it took a lot, unless you paid money, to play as all the Jedi characters, too. Uh, or not, not pay money, but, like, I, I, I remember I've watched videos, and there's, like, a complaint that it oh. takes... To get to yeah, yeah, be yeah, able to grind. play like as Darth Maul, you have to grind, and then you'll die like that, and sort of yeah, yeah. So not only was it like there was like the, the, the in basic, mechanics, the fundamental were loop of yeah. the game was just like not sound. Yeah. Um, suspiciously, Disney announced that it's going to skip E3 2016, and shortly thereafter cancels Disney Infinity and all but closes Disney Interactive in May. 
it's all the perfect storm of shit nothing's really stuck for disney in the game space really ever except for disney infinity but it was supposed to it was supposedly a costly venture and guess uh, we're just forgetting about epic mickey 2 then <laughs> and analysts speculated that they didn't that disney didn't want to deal with the increasing competition in the toys to life market because like skylanders is like despite not being as big as uh disney infinity is still pretty fucking big and amiibos will always uh I mean, it's not really a toys to market. It's, it's it's. But it is the, it the is idea and it that is, you yeah. purchase. I think it. I think that there's like a similar market in yeah. that, like, it's a parent buying an action figure for a video game for their child, even if the game itself isn't like. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, Disney Interactive still exists. However, it only works in the mobile space. No home consoles or nothing. Uh, in 2019, CEO Bob Iger reiterated that Disney had no intention of returning to games, though he stated that Disney continued to enjoy a healthy relationship with EA, which is, frankly, incredibly generous of them. Uh, the story of how... Okay. Yeah, the, that's that's sort of the story of how Disney got into and then out of games, but there's still, like, a point worth addressing with the EA, which is, like, I think they're kind of fucked if they can't get it together with this Star Wars shit. Because Battlefront 2 was another debacle because of loot boxes, which are just bad in all ca- cases. Um, it was God, such I a... fucking hate loot boxes. It, it was so fucking bad that they took them out, and, they, and, they, and then reintroduced them as strictly cosmetic, which is still bad, because it's still preying on people with gambling. The Visceral Project was finally officially canceled in 2019 to no one's surprise. Like, that was the thing, was Dead Space 3 came out, and it was canceled, and it was like, all right, so you now Visceral is Redwood Shores, and, like, we know what happens to studios when they are subsumed by EA, and it is that they linger and then die. Uh, Hope that new Dragon Age game's good, everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bioware fans. It's yeah. just so easy to, to dunk on the things you love. Not because they're bad, but because they're treated poorly by the people it who make them. Sucks. It sucks. It sucks that, like, well, it, specifically the people who are making sorry. the creative decisions. Yeah. Or not creative decisions, but, like, the people who are like, well, this has to be, like, multiplayer focused, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to make Mass Effect a battle royale. Yeah. I guarantee you, man. Give it time. The next Halo game is just going to be fucking everyone's running around as Master Chief, blowing each other up and doing Fortnite dances. Um, it was announced that Respawn, known for Titanfall and Apex Legends, uh, would be helming a story-based Star Wars game. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> to quote to quote my man Jay-Z. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that will be, that'll be interesting because, like, in the wake of the recent um, Fortnite crunch piece... Like, it, didn't that drop to yesterday? Yeah, this week? yes, yeah. yesterday. Um, uh, Respawn put out. I don't. I cannot remember if they put out a statement or if they were approached, but they were explicitly like, "Yeah, we are not doing content because we don't want to overwork ourselves." I don't know if that's because they are what their resources they're allocating towards this project, but also like, I for the start for a start for the first big star wars single player game like i don't know what ea is going to fucking do because like they have to nail this they have to well historically they're they've never nailed it so i think it's just going to go the way of the harry potter games i mean they i mean clearly they got pro they've just shit the bed so much they've just shit the bed they've shit the bed they've had this since 2013 
and they've put out two really bad Star Wars video games. One, uh, one that was already made, The Old Republic. That is, that is arguably like not fully relevant to the conversation, and canceled their one big storytelling project for this. What are we doing? This is Star Wars. You can just, you can just make a shitty Star Wars game and people will buy it. Yeah, it's so, it's so easy to do. Anyways. I can think of eight different Star Wars games, game ideas off the top of my head. There are already, there are there already had Star Wars games that are flawed that people have fond memories of because it is Star Wars. Yeah. Like, just, I would rather that they tried to make something, like, weird and interesting, even if it was fucked up, than some, like, soulless fucked up you know i'd love to see them do like a god of war style hack and slash that would be super fun i feel like that's what you do that style of like character action is in super in big vogue right now like you could fucking sekiro make make it a lightsaber and you fucking got it yeah i know really it's super easy to say that but like oh my god no i mean like there are a lot of video games out there you know what i mean yeah. There's yeah. a lot of video games. There's a lot of video games. That don't have the luxury of being tied to the biggest property in the fucking world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, like, like, no, noted, you and I, noted Kingdom Hearts dislikers, even if we understand it. Like, I, I but, I, like, think that, that that is a very deeply flawed game in a lot of ways that is bolstered by Disney. Yeah. Fucking kill me. Oh, God. Wow, got fucking fired up. Mm -hmm. Anyways, sometimes uh, I d descend into into frustration. Thanks, EA. And, yeah. and uh, uh, we like to balance it out with the self-care corner, which is just a little nice thing that happened in our weeks of our lives. Liam. We'll see an end game tomorrow, right? Yeah, we'll see an end game tomorrow. It's going to be great. It's going to be nice. Um... I, you know what my is is it's it's technically it's Bioware related. I've been playing through Dragon Age two. That game yes. slaps. I've finally got to the point in it where it like really started to groove for me, and I really I was enjoying it to begin with. But it like now I genuinely am like really invested in that, and it's super nice to play a Bioware game that I think is like has problems, but is really like has a powerful foundation and it's doing interesting things What's like the it's, combat like uh oh the combat the combat is dated it is like right click on enemies you have an abilities bar um but it's swords and yeah 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 it's right... it, yeah it's not active combat i don't is it turn-based no I, I don't know the exact like term for it but it's just like you have a bunch of abilities on cooldown you can pause combat whenever to like make decisions and right click which you see like the ghost of in mass effect um okay. too but and i can't remember the item trait but you know it's it's tactical i need to play the first mass effect and then play two and then play three and finally understand what everyone's been talking about all yeah. these years uh all right everybody thanks for listening uh you should check out the we launched our patreon recently yeah patreon.com slash major cast also if you would like to just make a one-time donation you can go to paypal.me slash major casts yeah. uh follow the network on twitter we've decided to consolidate the show's releases to the at major casts on twitter um uh is there any oh and also um one other patreon plug uh, one of our hosts uh lenny burnham has launched his patreon 
uh, patreon.com slash Lenny Burnham. That's Burnham. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's everything. We'll be there for you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.